Welcome to a special edition of Inquire. I'm Don Wilkins. This is our third and final episode of the Mystery Inquirer's Homeless Project. This week we talk to those who partner with local homeless shelters as well as Mystery Inquirer reporter Renee Beasley-Jones about her coverage of Davis County's homeless. And this is Their Stories. I'm Jenny Warren. I'm a homeless council member. Been a member for about 11 years and the mission of the Homeless Council is to be an educator, a conduit for um, service, service providers to get together and share their missions, share their activities and, and what they're doing. So basically the right hand knows what the left hand is doing. It gives us an opportunity to um, advocate for those that are homeless and who need treatment, health care. Homeless Council of the Ohio Valley is made up of primarily service providers as well as uh, interested members of the community who really want to just get involved in, in helping in any way they can to, to reduce the homelessness issue in our community. In the past we have done numerous resource fairs um, that, that would directly connect homeless individuals and families to various resources and um, offer things such as haircuts, uh, dental checks, uh, and that is what we have um, done as a group. However, to answer the question of how we are combating homelessness, it really is the forum where service providers get together and collaborate on various issues that they see as problems, as barriers to homelessness, um, or barriers to overcome homelessness, really address those issues. And as a community of service providers and interested individuals, we're able to come up with some pretty innovative solutions on a number of issues directly related to homelessness. So uh, what would be an example of an innovative solution? For example, <clears throat> a year or two ago we had a known issue of this extreme need to care better for women and women with children. We have collaborated with a, a group who is relatively new called Fresh Start and they accept homeless women coming out of jail and instead of having them go back to the community which contributed to their criminal activity, whatever it was, they house them at a, um, a apartment complex that has um, oversight and they support these women in getting jobs and, and giving back to their community instead of being um, a burden on the community and through the various services that are um, witnessed in the Homeless Council they are able to provide uh, various health care resources, um, education opportunities, life skills, um, it really any need or any barrier that prevents them from overcoming homelessness 
the council has been there to collaborate in ways to help. Eleven years since you've been on the, the council, have you seen the homeless problem get any better, or is it getting worse, or how big is the problem? But you don't see these people. When, when an average person thinks of a homeless person, oftentimes the thought is that they are on a park bench sleeping, um, they are down by the river, they're, you know, they're, they're in the view of um, the population. And in Owensboro, that's not the case. They are what's considered the silent population. They, um, a lot of them are couch hoppers. They live, uh, say a mother with three children, they will live with Aunt Sue or grandmother or uh, a friend and they will couch hop. They don't have a home, so they migrate to wherever will allow them a bed to sleep at night. And there are so very, very many of those individuals throughout our community and they can't be captured. The numbers are just elusive. Um, unless, unless we know who they are, it's hard to put a face on them. Do, uh, do you ever run into people who think that Oldsboro doesn't have a... Oh, absolutely. And the cliche is, well, if they're homeless, they need to pull themselves up by their bootstraps and get a job and, well, it's just it's not as easy as that. Um, and unfortunately, that, that is a common cliche in our community. I have always explained my view of homelessness as an umbrella. The, the primary backbone of an umbrella is the stick you hold, and that to me is homelessness. And the veins that hold up the fabric of the umbrella those are the barriers such as addictions, domestic violence, the cycle of poverty, mental health. There are numerous, numerous reasons somebody can become homeless. Uh, and that does not leave out the job loss. And it's been said that every person is four paychecks away from being homeless. And that to me is just astounding. But in order to overcome those barriers, we need to be face-to-face -face with these individuals to find out what it is that has caused them to, to be at this level in life and offer solutions. Not, not give out money to them, but offer solutions that they can take pride in achieving themselves. And we have so many services in our community that really lift people up in that way, and they are also represented on the Homeless Council, and it's, it's just wonderful to be able to have a forum, um, a place for the collaboration of our community services. And one of those community partners that works to prevent homelessness is the help office of Owensboro that distributes food and other services to the city and county's needy. Hello, my name is Woody Woodward. I'm the Executive Director for the Help Office of Owensboro. Um, the Help Office of Owensboro was founded in 1972 
by a group of uh, downtown churches, uh, lay people and businesses uh, for the purpose of being the first stop in Owensboro for those in need. Um, our mission is to serve the least fortunate of our community with the basic human needs of food, clothing, and shelter. Um, we do that in a compassionate uh, Christian manner. We are uh, uh, manned by over 100 volunteers who come in during the week and serve as either interviewers or work in the food pantry or the clothing closets. Uh, last year, we served over 6,800 clients here at the help office, provided over 80,000 meals to those uh, uh, in need, and we serve uh, all clientele from uh, infant, uh, infants all the way up to senior citizens. Uh, it's a very important mission here in Owensboro, and we are extremely grateful to those churches, businesses, individuals, and other groups who support us and make it possible for us to serve our clientele. Now, Woody, when it comes to the homeless population, um, what do you guys do um, to help those who are homeless compared to someone who uh, isn't homeless but they're just low income? And what, are there what, what, what do you guys do as far as resources uh, for the homeless? Well, as you know, uh, homelessness is a nationwide problem, and we here in Owensboro and Davis County are not immune to it. Um, of the clients that we see, most of them fall into the following categories. Some are, I think the term is precariously housed, where they are in between homes, they need help with a motel room for a night or two, they've uh, run into uh, extra financial difficulties. I mean, they have financial difficulties, period, when everything's going well, but something's happened and they, uh, they, they can't afford to stay where they are, so uh, they need some temporary housing. And if, if we have the funds, we're able to help with that. Um, we, we do see a lot of people that uh, come down here, especially those with children who need uh, a more stable environment, need a, a stable uh, a home and, and they just run into difficulties. What we can do down here at the help office, again with the, the resources that we have, uh, we help people who have eviction notices. Uh, part of our mission is to help with emergency assistance. We will help uh, you try to stay in your home and then uh, give you referrals to other partners or groups that we work with who hopefully combine with what we can do can, uh, can, can keep you in that home. It is difficult in our situation for those that uh, are homeless and are not the ones that are about to be evicted. There's, there's not um, much we can do in a tangible way except to uh, sit down with them and counsel them, look at their budget, see how if there's some ways that they can get out of the situation they're in. And many, many times we're uh, uh, in a position where we just uh, refer them to one of the uh, several homeless shelters who do an outstanding job here in our community. Now, from your perspective of the homeless situation here in Owensboro, do, do you think people realize it's even there? Um, I think you mentioned kind of an out of sight, out of mind kind of thing. I, I think it can le uh, lend itself to being invisible when uh, you don't see it on a, on a weekly basis. I, I will be quite frank with you until I retired and then became the director here at the help office. I was not aware of 
of the homeless population. Um, it's not like here locally, it's not like you might find a big city with people on every street corner, you know, living in boxes or, or uh, bedrolls or things like that, but it's certainly here. But there are still folks that are out there. Uh, you can go downtown at night, you can go to the city parks, you can go down by the Blue Bridge, and you'll find people that live down there. We've had clients during the winter time that will come in here that have told me the night before they slept under a heating vent uh, at a commercial building or a motel outside just, just to stay warm. So it's definitely there. Uh, but I will also say that, that our community, when a need has been presented to them, I've, I've never lived in a place that responded um, uh, more robust than our community when it comes to helping the least fortunate. My final interview was with Mr. Inquirer reporter Renee Beasley-Jones who has extensively covered Davis County's homeless issue. One unique aspect she reported on is how numerous people find weekly shelter in local motels. All right, so Renee, you uh, recently did a, uh, an enterprise story or what we call a Sunday series here in regards to uh, homelessness. And I thought it was interesting that you took a different look at the homeless uh, situation here. Most people, you know, relate to homelessness as, as people who are uh, sleeping on benches or out um, on a sidewalk or under a bridge. Uh, you found a different sort of homeless population. So talk about that process and what led you uh, to this particular side of the homeless issue. Well, it was actually the second time in 14 years that I've written this story and I first got the idea from Sharon Sharp, who used to be the executive director of the HELP office. And she and I were very good friends. She told me one day, Renee, there's something I wanna show you. And she took me to area hotels and introduced me to people who were paying a high daily rate to live in hotels. I had no idea people actually lived in hotels. And she showed me that oftentimes they don't get services in those hotel rooms, like their sheets aren't changed every day and their linens aren't changed and their rooms were filthy because they actually lived there. And it was the first time in my life that I thought about people living in hotels and they're hidden. We don't see them on the street. So many people, unless you're, like you said, living in a car or under a bridge or in a tent out in the woods somewhere, people don't consider you homeless. But if you are couch surfing, and we have a lot of people who do that, if you do not have an address, a permanent address, then you are homeless. And what I mean by permanent address is if you don't have some place where your mail can come, not to a P.O. box, but where your mail can come and you go out on your front stoop and you get it, then you're homeless. And here's one example. Um, the plasma centers here will not buy plasma because they buy it from, they pay people for their plasma. They will not take it from people who do not have a permanent address. I knew of a young couple years ago living in the Gabe, in Gabe's Tower when it was still open. 
it was operating as a hotel and there were just tons of homeless people living there. And they sold their plasma every week to pay for their one-year-old's diapers. And when the story came out in the newspaper 14 years ago, the, plas the office would no longer take their plasma because they didn't have a permanent address. So I think homelessness has so many faces to it. And it's such a tragedy. The biggest thing I guess I wanted with this story was I wanted people to understand when you drive by the Colonel House or when you drive by the Hotel 231 or the Budget Inn or the Cadillac, the majority of cars in those parking lots belong to people who are homeless. Now the question I have is, is why are why are they why are they fixed there? What, what is it that because if you say that they're high rates that they're paying there, what is it that is keeping them there? It's easier. Well, it's not easier. It's more affordable for people who are poor. It's affordable for them to go to a hotel and pay a weekly rate because most of them are working poor and they have enough money to pay that weekly rate, but what they don't have is they don't have $1,000 for deposit on utilities. They don't have $100 or $150 for deposit on cable TV. They don't have $1,000 or $1,500 to pay first and last month's rent plus that deposit. So it's affordability. I met an 80-some-year-old woman living on Social Security at the Hotel 231, and she lost her place to live because her landlord was selling the home. He didn't want to rent anymore, so he was selling the home. She could not afford to go anyplace else other than the hotel or Motel 231 where she could pay a weekly rate. She could afford that, but she couldn't afford the deposits to go into another rental home. So she chose to live at the hotel because it was affordable. And that's why most of them are there. Some, uh, one woman who I interviewed at the Cadillac, she stays there and she works as a maid. She cleans rooms for her family's $200 a week stay at the hotel. And you would think for $200 a week, would you add that up? That's $800 a month. You can rent a pretty decent apartment for $800 yes, a month. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. Yes. And she's got two kids and her boyfriend and herself. They're all living in a hotel room. So it's, it's because of affordability. And so what, as you interview these folks and just look into the issue of homelessness here in Davis County, what has struck you about this uh, this whole issue here in Davis County. One thing I hear over and over and over again from county government officials, from sheriff's office, OPD, from people who work with the homeless every day, a big part of our problem is substance abuse. And homelessness, if you're going to cure homelessness, you're gonna to have to tackle much bigger issues like 
good paying jobs. People nowadays, you go out and a lot of them are working, but they're working at two or three jobs part time because a lot of companies don't want to hire full time people because they have to pay benefits on them. So they're hiring out to companies to work part time temporary positions. They don't have a, a good standard of living because they don't have a good income. So good paying jobs, attracting good paying jobs that unskilled workers can take. That's another issue. We have an unskilled, a huge unskilled labor force in Davis County and in the counties surrounding us. And education is a big problem. Good paying jobs is another one. Substance abuse and mental, mental problems. Mental health is just an enormous issue. And those things really are not being addressed and they have to be addressed at a grassroots level. Now, uh, one of the things I, I was told and didn't realize this, that we no longer, Davis County no longer participates in what they call the K count. And mm -hmm. that's where they take uh, once a year go and, and try to get a hit count of the homeless population. And because those, they say those numbers are so uh, greatly inaccurate, mm -hmm. and I say inaccurate, I mean underreported, um, they no longer do that anymore. So uh, from your reporting, is what you found the homeless issue here is greater than what people realize? Oh, I think it is. And it's not from my reporting as much as I go to the homeless council meetings every month. I try to make it every month. And I hear from people there, they cannot get the homeless to come to count them. They host resource fairs in hopes of drawing them and they provide them with flu shots, uh, haircuts, dental appointments, all types of things trying to woo them to the resource fair so they can kind of get a bead on how many there are out there. But it's virtually impossible, especially when you're talking about people who are suffering from substance abuse, from mental health problems. They're not, it's hard to reach that population. If they know about a resource fair, you have to be guaranteed that they can remember it and that they'll come. And in many instances, when someone is abusing drugs or alcohol, that's just not, the resource fair is not going to be on their radar. Harry Pettigold talks about that often. And that's one of the reasons we're resource rich, like Harry said, and Onesboro has worked to destigmatize homelessness. When St. Benedict's asks its men to leave every morning, they don't take a grocery cart with them that has everything they own in it. So it's not like in Chicago or New York City where you might see somebody pushing a grocery cart with stuff hanging off the sides of it. You know that person is homeless. They leave their items at St. Benedict's. They leave for the day. They come back at night for supper and they spend the night. But when you see them on the street or you see them in the library or you see them at the grocery store or whatever, they 
don't look homeless. They have access to uh, laundry at St. Benedict's and the Patino Shelter. So I think every day all of us run into homeless people and don't realize it. I would like to thank Jenny Warren with the Homeless Council of the Ohio Valley, Woody Woodward, Director of the Help Office of Owensboro, and Mystery Inquiry reporter Renee Beasley-Jones for sharing their stories and helping to create awareness about homelessness in Davis County. If you would like to donate or become a volunteer, call the Help Office of Owensboro at 270-685-4971. And thank you again to St. Benedict's and the Patino Shelter for being part of our series on homelessness. Until next time, I'm Don Wilkinson. Good day for Inquire.